I went to GABF and survived fairly. What did you do during your summer vacation? I'll tell you all, you didn't drink enough. Who's ready to learn how to drink a beer in the ass? This is It's All Beer. Welcome to It's All Beer, the podcast that drinks deep of all the latest beer industry news and then releases it back to you in a loud, rumbling, and often profane belge of obscure pop culture references, tales of Tyler's debauchery, and dick jokes. I'm Jeremy Jones. You, you should have said butt jokes. Uh, <laughs> more applicable to this episode. But I'm Tyler Zimmerman. <laughs> I did not know we were going to talk about... Uh, uh, listen, we'll get into it in, in, in due course. Um, on a scale of, like... Uh, 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 I've been sober for a week, and you know I want to die. How hungover are you still? Uh, I'm drinking a beer right now, so not that bad. <laughs> but I think that's my first beer in a couple days. Uh. <laughs> that's that's fair. It's it's uh, uh, I go to I, I go to NABA, and usually for a week after that, people are like, do you want a beer? I'm like, fuck, fuck, no, I don't. I I really don't want anything to do with beer. What are you drinking? I am drinking the Stone's Throw Imperial Cold IPA from Sockeye Brewing. So, How real is it? bright, delicious, does not drink like it's 8%. Uh, pretty crisp finish, a lot of like that tropical fruit flavor coming from the hops, uh, which if I remember correctly is Motueka, and I'm not sure what else. I got, um, since it's fresh hop season actually getting towards the end of fresh hop season. Um, I decided to go ahead and grab the uh, fresh hop ace of spades from uh, Hopworks Urban Brewery. And I got to say, I'm a little, uh, it's, it's, it's a little bit, uh, it, it's, it's a little bit uh, of a letdown. I mean, it's, I guess, or, or I guess it should be, it's not what I'm, since IPAs have changed so much, um, especially fresh hop IPAs, it's not what I was expecting. There's not a lot of bright hop flavor, uh, a lot of caramel, um, with a little bit of uh, uh, like more piney, really bitter, resinous, very grassy, fresh hop flavor. Yeah. So probably probably disappointed is the wrong word. It wasn't what I was expecting. It's kind of like, oh oh we're going old school on this one. I I did not yeah. know that. <laughs> uh, it's all right. It's I I don't know. Maybe it's I'm I'm showing my. Uh, my uh, spoiled characteristic, or maybe it's because I thought it would pair well with the next one I got up uh, that I'll get into at some point in time. The uh, uh, the uh, still lucky um, from uh, Jesus Christ, who did this? A uh, lead dog. So I have. I guess I, I guess I'm, what I'm saying is there's pl- still plenty of time for me to dis- be disappointed. So. <laughs> And speaking of disappointed, uh, uh, Tyler, do you want to lead us off? What what can you give us a uh, rundown of what happened at GABF? The parts you remember, at least. Whew. And okay. you can admit any felonies you may or may not have committed while you were there. <laughs> uh, so we basically flew in. We left Boise at about 6 a.m. So land in Denver, bright-eyed, bushy-tail at 8. Um. But since I, we had a couple tap takeovers while we were down there, we had to get started with business. So we got to the hotel where we had shipped all the swag we were going to be giving out at our tap takeovers there. Uh, had to run and drop those off at the bars we were doing events at. Uh, which, first off, want to give a huge shout out to 
uh, all three bars that had events with us. Uh, but the big one, the first bar we walked into was the Satellite Bar. Uh, it is like a hole-in-the-wall dive bar near downtown Denver on Colfax. Um, but surprisingly crafty. When we like knocked on the door to drop off the stuff, the dude was stripping apart his whole draft system so he could have it cl- clean and fresh and r- as clean as it could be for the beer so they were represented in the best way possible That's hard for the first time. Yeah, I was like, dude, at like a random hole in the wall, like surprisingly crafty dive bar, like this guy gives a fuck about draft quality. That is awesome. It's been a long time uh, since I, uh, uh, had a, I guess it had been about a year ago. I finally, I, I finally said, this, how long, when's the last time we tore our draft system apart? Does anybody remember? Does anybody remember? Nobody remembers? Okay, it's time. Yep. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So that was awesome. Uh, we j- jumped around to a couple other places, stopped at a place uh, on Tennyson Street called Hops and Pies, uh, picked up or had they were tapping a bunch of like crazy one off beers. I mean, when like the most run of the mill beers they had on at that time were like Heady Topper, Focal Banger. Um, and then all these crazy, like, spontaneous ferment beers. Slammed a couple of those, and then we're like, okay, we got to go pick the rest of the team up back at the convention center uh, before we go to lunch. So we go grab them, go to lunch at a brewery called Bull and Bush. It's basically a... I know the Bull and Bush. Yeah. <laughs> I've been there. Make some solid beers, man, and the food is fucking awesome. No, I'm, I... Actually got there. I have on my uh, kegerator. They gave away like the bottle caps with the magnets. So I've got their. I've got their like little. They have a cute little logo of a a boy and girl baby looking down their diapers. Yep. <laughs> um. I, I vaguely remember. I. I. A British style. Uh, uh, yep. A lot of stuff. So yeah. I. I, I they I, did I, have like a jasmine rice lager that was fantastic there too. All right. Um. But so. Had a couple more beers there. <laughs> then, and now it's 10 a.m. <laughs> I think it was 11.30 at that oh, point shit, in time we got off. there. Uh, so then we're like, well, the session doesn't start till about like 5 o'clock, I think. And we're like, okay, well, um, one of our coworkers who used to live in Denver goes, hey, I've, I, used, I had tried our mutual friend before. Uh, they were. I wasn't impressed with them when I used to live here, but I've heard they've gotten a lot better. Our mutual Let's friend go. is the name of the brewery. I'm, I'm guessing. Yeah. Not some weird. Co- it's not. It's not like some weird code word you had. Like our mutual friend. <laughs> no. So, uh, oh, also before hops and pies, we stopped in a bottle shop, bought a couple bottles that we could pop open in the hotel of Casey Brewing and Blending uh, out of Colorado. They were all phenomenal beers. And then we also got some of his Hellas that was fucking poundable and great. But, so we head over to our mutual friend brewing. Um, all four of us, two of us, me and the, one of the other guys get the same beer, the Teresto. Uh, it's a wild fermented oak age beer. Um, another gets, I can't remember what, and then the guy who used to live there. Gets probably the worst beer out of what everyone got. Uh, the one I got won gold medal 
on Saturday. The one, another guy got one silver, and then the guy who used to live in Denver, he got the worst tasting one that he didn't really even finish. But awesome, had killer barbecue right next door. The guy used to who started that company used to work for Aaron Franklin. Um, so we had some killer brisket and pork belly. Then we head back down to the convention, or then we headed over to Truve, like a full metal bar or metal brewery that uh, is like all like satanic pictures on the wall, uh, like death metal playing on the thing. Some killer spontaneous ferment beers they were they had there. Jam into the back where they had like a huge like lager. garage party uh, from beers all across then went to the convention proceeded to just try as many killer beers as we could Um, then went to our event after the convention and then ended our night in a different part of town that I can't remember where. I'm surprised um, you remember this much, actually. You're <laughs> at this point in time. You're I I I, I, stopped, I did not count. But you were like what? Ten beers in, twenty beers in. Uh, yeah, I didn't count, and okay. I don't think I want to. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm, 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 I think I could hear like something sobbing in the distance. I believe that's your liver. Yeah, uh, had some heady topper uh, at the last spot, and then I was like. I need to go to bed. We got back to the hotel. We popped a couple of the bottles we had at Bull and Bush, <laughs> uh, which was a bad idea. Uh, got up the next morning, went and got some breakfast, and then went to a like little like meat and cheese bar that has like a killer draft selection, killer bottle setup. We hit a couple other places first, and then hit that when they opened at like noon. Noon or two, somewhere in there. Uh, got a butterfly that was bomb, some cheeses, and then started drinking some of the clean beers they had on draft. Uh, followed it up with some Trey Fontaine bottles that uh, are are like ninety dollars a pop, only uh, released at the brewery or one of nine bars they allow it to go to. And this bar is one of the three bars in the United States that gets it. Fuck. So we had a lambic, or yeah, I think it was a oak aged lambic with all dark malts. Uh, hmm. Phenomenal. Then we had a rhubarb one. Uh, it was fucking killer. Uh, then we head to the festival, hang out at that for a little while, jam to another one of our events. Um, where the guy who used to live in Denver, some of his friends showed up to. Well, one of his friends is like the beer nerd of beer nerds. This dude travels all over ju- just to drink beer, gets these killer beers, and loves to share beer. So we had ran into him the night before, and my coworker told him I had never had Canty on. You'd never had Canty on? So I had never had a Canty on. Uh, so he brought a bottle of Cantillon so we could try it at the event. Cleared it with the bar owner. The bar owner's like, yeah. Then he also brought this Italian brewery that just went out of business. Uh, one of their older barrel-aged beers. And then he brought 
a couple others, and the last one was a Deal with the Devil from Anchorage, Batch 1, uh, which was phenomenal. Like, one of the best bourbon barrel-aged beers I've ever drank. Like, 17%. Uh, someone looked it up online before he opened it. They're like, dude, you could resell that, like, on Beer Advocate for, like, three grand. Why are you going to pop this? <laughs> and he's like, beer's made to be drank. Poop. I like he the just pulled the cork right out, I, and I was I, like, hell yeah. I like the man's philosophy right there, yes. But that was from 2013. It was fucking phenomenal. But, like, that dude had, apparently at one point in time, Prairie made, like, a nine liter magnum bottle of a beer and they did one of them for him and he and then they sold it and he managed to get his hands on it like jesus uh he's like dude i had so many people over to my house he's like it was like a three-person job to pour that beer (laughs) because that bottle was so fucking big uh not only the ultimate beer nerd but one of the few beer nerds that has a shit ton of money floating around somehow (laughs) Yeah, uh, he's like, I work a as a government contractor, so I make a fuckload of money. He's like, and I have beer as my hobby. He's like, and that's what I spend my money on. And I was like, oh, fuck yeah. Uh, <laughs> Obviously, uh, uh, well, I don't know, probably not married, definitely no kids. <laughs> yes. Uh, <laughs> I mean, that seems like if it's a requirement. You could probably find a spouse who was into that, but that's definitely a childless situation. Yep, but so, also pet. I'd also I'd also bet good money that also no, n- not married. <laughs> so finish up that night, uh, still with a metric fuckload of beer. Uh, go to bed, wake up the next morning, go to the award ceremony. Um, I was wishing more Idaho breweries were gonna medal. Uh, shout out to Matchwood Brewing out of Sandpoint and Mother Earth for pulling home a medal. Yeah, I never. I, I don't think I've ever heard of uh, 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 that one in Sandpoint. Oh, Matchwood, I've heard. I haven't ever had a beer from them, but I've heard they do some pretty solid Although stuff. Although I don't make it up to every every year. I swear, about every year during the winter, I go. You know what? I really should branch out. I should like you know do like day trips or something up to North Idaho and go visit breweries. And every year, it's about this time I go. Didn't do it again. <laughs> yep. Uh, but. Um, Gotta see some pretty cool stuff, and like, I don't know if you've ever live streamed this, uh, but it was super cool, like seeing and hearing the joy of like some people's life's work when they get announced a gold medal. I mean, I I, I thought I saw a um, someone in town did a documentary um, about. Uh, one of our local breweries, I think Boise Brewing, Boise Brewing and Ten Barrel yeah. were featured, um, and you know they caught um, uh, Lance when, right when they announced that Black Cliffs won. And yeah, I can, I've, I, I, I've, I've been to such events, and it's you know it's 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 inspiring. Yeah. Uh, what? So, couple takeaways I got from the um, award ceremony, which they just have all. All the brewers are just going there and back after eating breakfast to the bar to get just different samples uh, from what was left over from judging. But 
There was one section. It is fruited wood and barrel aged sour beer. Here is the rundown of the awards. Bronze medal, Peach Afternoon from Port Brewing, Glossed Abbey. Intinction, Sauvignon Block from Russian River Brewing Company is the silver. Gold, Lenny Boy Brewing Company out of Charlotte, North Carolina. All of us looked at each other and went, you ever heard of them? No one had heard of it. I'm assuming just some small little operation out of Charlotte. But you just beat two of like the best like sour beer and barrel aged yeah. brewers in the fucking country. I was like, that dude had to be just being like, I'm gonna snort cocaine off this gold medal. Uh, <laughs> I mean, you can just appreciate that everything you've done has been uh, honored. You don't have to do coke off of everything, Tyler. <laughs> when you beat those two in a fucking fruited beer like sour ale category yes you do uh, am, I, am I to assume that you've done coke off your daughter's head at this point in time <laughs> no I would never do that uh, but, oh yeah that's where you draw the line no 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 J- Jeremy that's 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 an infant I did I, I, I waited until she was safely in her crib and then I did a full line all the way down to the kitchen <laughs> Seriously, I had a ski lift on it. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But so in front of me, uh, like two rows was the owner and head brewer, two two of the people who are from a brewery out of Topeka, Kansas, called Blind Tiger Brewery and Restaurant. I've been there, too. Have you? I have. There's not a lot to do in Topeka. I was there for a weekend. Um, working because there's no, cause no one goes to Topeka for fun. No one goes, Ooh, I got a, I got some vacation to burn. Uh, let's give me a few days into fucking Topeka. Uh, but I was yeah. there for a weekend and there's, there's only a few things to do in that God awful state. What was your, uh, uh I'd, have to, on them. I'd have to go back and look at my, cause I, I kept like a travel journal of all the beers I would, I went to. Let me put it this way. Um, nothing stands out five to ten years after i've been there well <laughs> you maybe we're stopping back by okay they won a gold medal for bach with their blind tiger bach won a gold medal for their smoke beer smoke follows beauty and then also won best brewery between from a thousand to two thousand barrels nice okay so um, actually, going. I'm actually having to go through Kansas again, so maybe I'll uh, I will uh, beg, plead, and anything else to go. Hey, can we stop for lunch in Topeka? <laughs> yeah, uh, which I went and tried their Smoke Follows Beauty, and it was very good. We had submitted a smoke beer as well, and it tasted almost exactly the same. I was like, I guarantee they used the same smoked malt, but <laughs> what smoked uh, malt, or, or or is that an industry secret? Uh, I think it's the Alderwood smoked uh, Wireman's malt. Okay, Alderwood. Um, yep, a little softer smoke, so it, where like cherry or mesquite comes through a lot harsher. I really like Alderwood's a lot softer. I really like cherrywood smoke, but um, but it does get to be overpowered. I've done a couple, I've, I've done a couple smoked beers, and they I like them, but they're they're tough to drink more than like one ago. Yep, but with this. It makes it a little bit easier. But, yeah, it was super fun. So then after that, uh, you know, a couple samples in, 
trying to stave off the hangover is the Brewers Association members only session, which is where I did my live stream from. And then I was like, Pre- I, I, f- I did very much appreciate that. Um, uh, and I got a, I got a response back from uh, Chris McGinnis, very much friend of the show and, uh, and uh, uh, working on starting his own brewery, uh, his review on your, uh, on your live stream. And you should absolutely catch go check it out on our, uh, on our Facebook. It's only page. about 30 seconds of your life that you'll be wasting, but, but it's uh, worth it. But Chris's uh, review of it was, was, quote, it's like peering into Tyler's mind for a minute and a half. Terrifying. <laughs> well, <laughs> what you got to realize is I'm battling a hangover. <laughs> I mean, that was boys. clear. That was, there was one thing I, I watched. I, I watched that at work, and, and I was actually... I was watching that with a, a couple of our regulars at the bottle shop, and I think one of them said, dude, he looks hungover as fuck. <laughs> Yeah, like, have you ever been buzzed and being like, I feel this hangover coming, and oh, I've no, got to shit usually... my pants? That... Uh, <laughs> that's usually like, me I've... at the uh, festival at NABA, you know, like, the actual, like, uh, Mountain Brewers Festival, the whole thing, you know, the, the, the event yeah. the whole thing's culminating to. It's usually me just, like, sipping on a beer going, I just have to drink this, and I'll, and I'll feel normal again. Oh, yeah, I... I'm sitting there and I'm like midway through that. I was like, I got to take a shit. Like my stomach is not happy that I've been just slamming wild bacteria into this with all this spontaneous ferment (laughs) beer and like lambics and sours. My body's like, fuck you. You're done. You're You're, done. You've been abusing Your intestinal flora is like, fucking build the wall. Build the wall. (laughs) Yeah. There is is a crisis on the border. So I run to the bathroom. Damn lactobacillus coming here, taking her germs. <laughs> run to the bathroom. All the stalls besides one are <laughs> occupied. All the urinals are occupied. So I hop in wait, the Wait, wait, was that stall. an option for you at that point in time? No, it wasn't that <laughs> okay. dire. Uh, but take a shit. As I'm finishing shit and someone goes, dude, this bathroom fucking stinks. Why? And I was like, really, dude? It's day three of a fucking, like, one of the biggest beer festivals in the world. Of course everyone has the beer shits. <laughs> so finish up. Go start drinking more beer. We finish that session. Uh, go to the next session for a little bit before going to my next event. Um, and then do that event. Uh, and at the end of that event, I just walk up to the bar because we're in, like, this Irish pub. And I go, I want a vodka soda. And he's like, do you care what vodka? I was like, no, I just don't want to taste anything for a little bit. <laughs> slam it, order another, slam that. And I was like, okay, I'm good. Got back to the hotel. We started popping all the bottles and cans that we had. <laughs> and then pass out, wake up. And I'm like, okay, we're done with the beer fest. Thank God. We don't fly out till 7 p.m. So what, oh, what are you going to do? So we do what any red-blooded American would do. We went to a sports bar and drank beer from about 11 to 5. (laughs) And you made it. Congratulations. Welcome back. (laughs) 
about midway through the flight, I was like, I am sweating out. Is it hot in here? Uh, I am sweating out alcohol right now. And I was like, I feel bad for the lady sitting next to me. <laughs> because uh, because your body at that point in time is little more than malted barley and hops. Yeah. But some killer beers. Um, I was going to try to bring some back to give to you so we could both have it on the podcast today. But then I drank it. You so. cock knocker. You couldn't even br- bring back beer from... That's it. This podcast is over. <laughs> you would have done the same. I would. You know what? No, I would not. I would have brought back beer. <laughs> well, Jeremy, what do we got next? <laughs> well, no, well, no beer from uh, 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 from uh, GABF, that's for sure. Um <clears throat> Oh, I was sitting at the award ceremony, like four spots away from the owner of Brooklyn Brewing, that had a toasted rice lager aged in oak that was phenomenal. <laughs> well, speaking of uh, uh, drinking too much, um, y'all spent your summer being goddamn sober. Apparently, news now. <clears throat> Boo! Uh, summer. Is a big time for beer. The months from May to August represent 40% of beer sales for the entire year. Um, so what happens during summer matters for the entire industry. Uh, Kate Bernat, who wrote this article for Good Beer Hunt- Hunting, likened it to a bear that needs to fatten up on berries and salmon before winter. Um, and the numbers are in, and pickings were really light this year. Uh, sales in chain retail were the lowest they've seen in five years, down 5 to 10%. Uh, from 2017. Um, this translates into uh, essentially 3.7 million barrels of beer that weren't sold this year, uh, which, as the article points out, is basically the production of New Belgium, Sam Adams, and Sierra Nevada combined. Okay. Um, now, uh, and that was basically uh, uh, basically the crux of the article. There is one bright spot uh, on on the news. If by bright spot you are selling beer and not buying it, um, inflation and supply chain disruptions have have allowed for some increase in prices. Um, the average retail price is up twelve percent from five years ago. Um, yeah. Now that's good news for the big breweries, not necessarily for craft, which already relies on a higher dollar amount to offset higher costs all around. Uh, they're already at the edge of what people, in many cases, what people are willing to pay for a beer. And uh, jacking up prices any higher uh, really risks alienating people who decided they don't need another fucking hazy IPA after all. So, it and it also now comes, we finally hit this interesting, if not worrying, trend. Uh, previously in craft beer, um, as one might expect, uh, craft beer sort of kind of followed the overall beer market. If the beer market went up as a whole, craft went up as well. Maybe not as much, but some. Uh, when beer as a whole went down, so did craft. And when the beer market flatlined, craft, craft would go up slightly. In fact, in the halcyon days of 2017, craft beer was responsible for uh, most of the growth in the overall beer market. Well, okay. as, of, as of this year... Craft beer is behaving more like its own category, and by by its own category, I'm talking something like uh, hard seltzer or cider, things that kind of fluctuate in and out, independent of of the beer market in general. Um, this summer, craft beer was at a negative in markets where other beers, where just beer in general, was holding steady or even going up. 
which I think maybe points to less crossover or a hardening of the market. Those who drink craft beer, you know, are more are, are becoming more and more likely to adhere to just craft beer. Uh, those who don't give a shit um, and will drink any swill that crosses their crosses in front of them are less likely to throw back an IPA now again. I think what we're seeing um, is basically, you know, the the craft beer market is increasingly becoming uh it's it's more insulated and you've got your customer base uh there's there's i think you're losing more of what you would call a casual craft drinker i think that's what i'm getting at yeah and of course you have a trend that's already exploded since the pandemic bloody hell with all the numbers covid came at a time when craft was losing more and more shelf space to rtds and seltzers rtds the ready to drink cocktails um, that trend is in full swing. People's options are growing. Shelf space is not. Do the math. Those that don't sell, gotta go. And more and more craft spaces are going to uh, seltzers and especially cocktails. Cocktails are one of the, one of the, the uh, uh, bright points of growth in the overall market. Um, yeah. But as you look deeper, the story gets more complex. For example, craft in craft beer overall is down, but specific styles, specifically fruit beer... Imperial IPA and Mexican imports were actually the weird increases in the uh, in an otherwise lackluster summer. Um, and individual stories matter. We talked about New Belgium uh, and their Voodoo Ranger series last uh, our, on our last episode. Um, Imperial Voodoo Ranger is sort of kind of given the credit for the fact that Imperial IPA is a growth category at all. In fact, in a certain sense... I wonder if you couldn't just label the category Imperial IPA as Imperial Voodoo Ranger and the others. Yeah, I'd be curious to see what that number would look like if you stripped the Voodoo Ranger Imperial numbers out. I don't think you would. I Imperial IPA, at least in my experience, is I people are gravitating towards uh, towards a lower ABV. Um, especially during the summer. So the fact that Imperial uh, IPA is growing at all, that, that I, I almost, um, there's, there, there, there's obviously some fluctuations in the beer market, but I think a lot of credit has to go to the Voodoo Ranger on that one. Mm-hmm. Um, Montucky, holding strong, one of the few brands that's seeing an increase in sales and shelf space. Modelo, we've talked about that dark horse brand, uh, doing incredible and otherwise hostile market. Um, those are kind of the ones that are are bucking the trend, but overall, um, I think we're seeing a uh, a a, a uh, we're going into a, a slower time of year for beer overall, and uh, and breweries not having the capital uh, at the end of it that they would normally be used to. Um, and we're talking mostly about like the macro trends. Obviously, uh, what's what's uh, emphasized all throughout the article is like individual experiences vary widely. Yes, or even like regional experiences are going to vary widely. Like, if your brewery's based in a small resort town, that you get a fuckload of ski travelers. Yeah, winter's probably not a bad month. No, clearly not. Um, I mean, you're talking about you're talking about the beer market as a jet, you know, as a whole. That's what we're that's what we're discussing. So, um, I guess what I'm saying is. Uh, next summer, uh, you fuckers start drinking some beer. Yes, and and keep drinking normal IPAs. Which one <laughs> last thing on GABF, the 
largest category, standard IPA. Yeah, that makes sense. Second largest category, juicy hazy. That makes sense. The amount of entrance, though, actually went down. No, that makes sense as well. I mean, like for both of those categories, because I can kind of see as we're getting. Would you to... like to guess number three and four? Number three and four. Um, based on this, I'm going to say, well, I'm going to say um, um, American Lager and Fruit Beer. German, Pilsner, and Marzen. Damn, I was close. <laughs> I figured Lager was so... going to be one of those. but um... Yep. <laughs> All right. What do you got next for us, Tyler? Well, staying on the theme of GABF, kind of, and... Uh beer competitions every year during gabf there's a second competition actually happening that not many people know about and before i saw this article i didn't either uh it's the competition to crown the country's hoppiest ipa it's put on by yakima chief and it's called the alpha king challenge and they full out make a 3d printed fucking hop crown uh, for the winner, I have to go find that. I, I have to go find that picture because uh, that may be the cover of this uh, this episode right there. Because that's 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 hardcore. Yeah. So every year during the competition, this has been going on for twenty three years. There's an industry only inside battle uh, that pits the talents of the nation's best IPA brewers against one another for bragging rights. Um. So it takes place, like I said, in Denver. Uh, they announced the winners on Friday, so the day before GABF winners are announced. Um, the criteria for victory are brew the best-tasting, hoppiest beer in America. Um, they've talked in the article. They actually talked to a couple of the brewers who have won. Brian Hutchinson, co-founder at Golden Cannonball Creek Brewery. Won in 2009. Uh, he said he's competed every year since, finished in top 20 a few times, but has never repeated. Um, but some of the winners that they bring up in this are Pizza Port Brewer Jeff Bagby, Lost Abbey's Tommy Arthur, Russian Rivers Vinny uh, Cloruso, Melvin Brewing's Kirk McHale, Joe Morfeld of Pint House Pizza and J.C. Hill of Alvarado Street Brewing uh, and Larry Bell of Bell's Brewing hmm. have all won. Um, so they describe it as an Alpha King is an all-out street fight to see who can make the best IPA in the world. Making it into top 20 is a formidable challenge. Um, they capped the event at 150 people or 150 entries, um, and then they host the judging uh, at, what was the brewery again? Uh, Rock Bottom Brewing Restaurant at the 16th Street Mall. Uh, it's not open to the public, but usually you'll see some beer fans trickling in to try to keep tabs on progress. Um, and this year's, Finalist or this year's winners are Andrew Bell from Radiant Beer Company with the Dig This Crazy Scheme Double IPA, 
Second place was the Santa Ana River Brewing Company. More hops than brains, double IPA. <laughs> I appreciate that title. <laughs> uh, third place was Brewery X Slap and Tumble West Coast Double IPA. Uh, famous, uh, f- a famous brewery around these parts lately as they uh, wanted to uh, purchase, uh, um, not Green Flash, uh, Modern Times. Uh, I was gonna, just going to say. <laughs> just, uh, we're going to pur- purchase Modern Times, but apparently was too busy uh, uh, making that beer to uh, earn enough money or to be buggered actually going through with the sale. Yep. Um, Russian River uh, finished in the top 20. As one would, As one would hope. I mean, Jesus Christ. They're a legacy IPA creator. Uh, Von Ebert placed with their volatile substance IPA. God damn it! God fucking damn it! So you have to you have to under you you. Uh, it's very it's very very uh, uh, um, uh, localized thing, but uh, uh, our the local distributor of that. Um, uh, their salesperson is very, very enthusiastic. Very enthusiastic. Bordering on a little... Tone it down there, buddy, about volatile substance. Belching <laughs> uh, so, Beaver won, or placed in the top 20 for Business Hippie Double IPA. And then some honorable mentions. Um, Sacred Waters Brewing Company out of Kalispell, Montana made it into the honorable mentions all right so but now seeing this i'm like dude i i want to follow this more closely than like who gets uh a medal at g gabf like i would love to see a fucking idaho brewery win this uh well idaho breweries would need to learn how to make a decent ipa uh before they did that who said that that wasn't nice I think we're. I think this <laughs> podcast is being hacked. We're getting just strange voices uh, inserting uh, uh, completely wrong opinions at, at random times. So uh, we'll we'll sort that out uh, in due in due in due time. Uh. <laughs> <clears throat> so, Jeremy, what do we got next? Uh, Tyler, what if I told you that one of the best bottle shops in LA and maybe all of California was a gas station in Pasadena? You like, know, honestly, I'd believe it. Like literally a shell gas station. 100% would believe it <laughs> because uh, some of the bottle shops I popped into in Denver, you would have never known it was like this killer bottle shop. And then you walk in and you're like, oh, fuck. Like, look at this. Look at this. Uh, while I was in Denver, did see uh, a whole shelf of 450 North. They were refrigerated. So I was like, <laughs> Way to keep the live hand grenades nice and safe. Uh. <laughs> um, basically, this was the claim of Danny Hernandez of Los Angeles Magazine. Um, and this article is worth reading uh, uh, by itself. You can find it on our Twitter feed. It's all beer one. Uh, he speaks in such flowery terms uh, like an urban adventurer looking for El Dorado itself, or at least a hazy IPA that features El Dorado. <laughs> That's a hop strain joke. <laughs> But, and really, you really strained yourself, didn't you? <laughs> wow, you were working on the dad jokes. That's very well, very well done. Um, the story is really about one man's love for the craft, translated into building something that brought more business to local breweries, which in turn led to more interest in beer and in general, which led to a this lengthened this uh, uh, 
the secret stash that he's uh, at the back of this station that's become legendary. Um, and this is all the work of uh, 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 Shibi Haddad, and I'm hopefully I did not pronounce horribly mispronounce that. Um, he took over the running of this gas station from his father. Um, but as a craft beer fan, wanted to bring more to this shop than what you normally find at a gas station, which is, you know, basically, uh, uh, Coors Light, Bud Light, Steel, Steel Reserve, and maybe if you're lucky, a, uh, a 22 or 19 ounce of the Voodoo Ranger. <laughs> uh, so he started building a selection and people noticed and he brought more in and people came in more and more and the feedback loop continued to, until the moment when Haddad felt like he made it. And that was when he was hanging out at uh, the Stone uh, Brewery that's kind of across the street from the store. And he overheard customers of that Stone uh, Brewery tell bartenders about this really weird, really cool beer selection uh, tucked away at this uh, random gas station. And the bartender responded, yeah, I know that guy. He's a real asshole. At which point in time, he, <laughs> he introduced Haddad to his, his fans that were unaware he was sitting right at the bar stool next to him. Hell yeah. Um, and that's a big part of that, this story. Uh, the, uh, the area around, the, around uh, uh, this place, not a beer hub um, in Southern California, but on the peripheral. Uh, and by the way, in a neighborhood where you've got, like I said, that, you got that stone brewing not far away, uh, a few specialty restaurants. It's the kind of place that you'd, you, you, would, you would get like a, a, you know, a place where the locals know about this place. No one else does. And that's kind of the point. Um, and his success is largely due to keeping his focus on his selection tight. He works directly. He's actually one of the few that works directly with about 10 breweries and about two dis- dis- uh, distributors for his craft selection. Um, and one of his favorite breweries to work with is actually Bottle Logic. Um, I, think you've, uh, I think you've run into them a couple of times. Um, he's even collaborated on a couple of special releases directly from the brewery which is a huge get, even for a hipster bottle shop. And one might be wondering how the hell this little gas station managed to do that until you learn that his gas station is the number one retailer for Bottle Logic project products in the world. They Damn. Sell, they sell more than Disneyland. He sells more than the city of Chicago. He sells more than the continent of Australia. Damn. Which... Now, if you're familiar with the ins and out of beer distribution, uh, you kind of realize, well, that's not as surprising as it sounds. As you as you move outward, you're you, get, you kind of run into this uh, law of diminishing returns. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's still one of those things. Uh, uh, you're churning out if you're if you're if you are selling more beer out of a gas station than they're selling to uh, Australia. That's uh, that's got to give you a little tingly feeling somewhere. Even though. Entire city of Chicago. That is impressive because Chicago is a beer city too. Exactly, um, and so yeah, they said they go through uh, five to ten cases of all of uh, Bottle Logic stuff uh, every week. Which damn for again, I, I I'm familiar with the bottle shop. That's fucking impressive. Um, if you want to find this place, you have to look for 209 South Arroyo Parkway. And that's about the only way I can tell you. Otherwise, it's a Shell gas station. <laughs> they do have a kind of a cool Instagram feed, though. I, I managed to stumble across it. Um, uh, it is the uh, uh, the uh, 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 rec- Repliant Butterfly. And again, it's <laughs> if you know, you know. And so 
listeners to this podcast, you now know. If you find yourself in Southern California, seek out a cell gas a shell gas station with the ultimate craft selection. I mean, that doesn't surprise me too much because when I was in Modesto last year for a wedding, uh, there was a little Mexi Mart um, that had a killer bottle shop in it because the owner of it was a craft beer fan. And so instead of trying to go around searching for all the killer beers he wanted, he just opened a bottle shop in his Mexi Mart that he owned and was like... (laughs) I'm just going to have him come to me and I take a skim off the top and then I sell the rest. <laughs> I appreciate anybody whose uh, addiction to craft beer is such that I'm going to augment my business in order to <laughs> in order to uh, satisfy it. I can uh, I mean, I probably can't judge as I pretty much have you know uh, made that my livelihood in order to feed said same, said same addiction, so. Yep. Uh, Tyler, uh, you've got something uh, uh, interesting to uh, bring us out with. Yep. So this is an article from The Takeout that goes, The Brazilian Art of Drinking a Beer in the Ass. Now, yeah, I'm and going to explain. I mean, I mean, insert butt-chugging <laughs> joke. Uh, this is not butt-chugging, although, I mean... No uh, butt stuff involved in this. <laughs> Well, not no butt stuff, but I mean, well, any butts, any actual butt stuff you do is your choice, not necessarily for to do this. So I'm going to teach you how to drink a beer in the ass. And if you would like to, I am not that flexible. (laughs) So you will start with a macro lager in Brazil. They use Skull or Brahma uh, or any German style light beer made for high volume consumption. So get yeah, yourself flip. a so get yourself a Montucky. Yep. Flip that can upside down and give it a good old wipe down. After all, that's where you're putting your mouth on. <laughs> Remember, when 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 engaging in butt play, cleanliness is is near godliness. Remember, drive fast, eat ass. Uh, <laughs> so the article literally goes: if you've ever made a makeshift weed pipe out of a sprite sprite can. This next part is going to feel familiar. Whom amongst us hasn't? So, using a knife or a nail, poke a hole in the center of the bottom. It says, careful, some beer's going to fizz out. Then poke two or three more holes. Poke one more in the bottom of the rim, about the size of a straw. Fill the divot in the can bottom, uh, full of coarse salt. Squeeze a quarter lime over the salt. Then place your whole, your lips to the hole over the rim and drink down, taking in the beer, lime, and salt all at once. <laughs> it's a, it's and a salty butthole. <laughs> it's a salty butthole. <laughs> Let's call it a rim job. Uh, <laughs> uh, it's a beer garita, a pour-over cocktail, an inverted chalada, Whatever you want to say, uh, but Brazilians call it cerveja and budinaha, uh, a prickly <laughs> little phrase that translates to beer in the ass. Oh, that was, uh, it, you know, it's been worth all of that, not for the copious butt sex jokes, but to, to, to listen to Tyler stumble over Portuguese. <laughs> Fuck, right? Uh, that was, that, that was chef's kiss right there. <laughs> yep. 
So apparently it's taking off. Uh, and there's actually a company that is selling customized machines that'll poke a series of hole into any 12 ounce cans. How, how many holes? So right, can... Remind me again. Like that, that would seem complicated. How many holes are you drilling into the butt of this beer? So you put it in the dead center of the bottom divot. One dead center. Yep. Then you put two or three more holes there, and then you put one in the two bottom or three more of the holes rim. Where? In that divot. Okay, so, you're, so you go right in one dead center and two, like, I don't know, on either side? Yep. Okay. So you got And then got on the holes. bottom shoulder. Okay. You puncture a hole. Okay, you put a fourth hole in the rim there. And then you put the salt in the divot. Sprinkle a lime oh. in there. Oh, so and then you talk about that. So you, so you fill this whole, this whole, uh, uh, uh that, that whole bottom of the can with salt. Shit, you put, how much yep. salt do you put in there? I don't know. You I, use coarse ground salt, not fine. I mean, I'm like, I'm, 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 I'm trying to get a sense because I've actually got a, I, I got an empty can. And if you're talking about the divot, like you put, that's a good, like two tablespoons of salt you can fit in there. Yeah. And then you puncture and you drink out of the one on the rim. Oh, so, oh, so it's the salt. What the hell? <laughs> so the salt, because you added the lime, should start dripping down. As the beer comes up, it's going to splash up into the salt, pulling more salt down. Ah, I got you. All right, I'm sort of, okay. So when you, when you mentioned you, like, put your entire mouth all over this thing, I just got this image of, like, like filling this thing with salt, <laughs> springing the light up, and just, like, putting the entire... Like and then flip it upside down and crack the top so it's just like an aggressive shotgun with salt. That's what I kind of I thought it was. Kind of what I thought it was, but okay, it's a little more sophisticated than that. You got like salt, and you're sipping it. You're sipping them. This is not a shotgun. Yes. This is not a a a a, a a a a new and innovative way to yeah shotgun a beer from the ass. It's uh it's just using the uh, divot of the can as a, a salt dispensing mechanism. Yes. So, uh, it's mainly used by elder people in Brasilia, Brazil, but it's taking off on, like, TikTok trends. And like I said, there's people now making a mechanism to uh, puncture that can all at once so you don't have to sit there and use a knife or a nail. <laughs> How many times have we all been there just, like, trying to, trying to jam a, a, a knife into your can's butthole? You look like a fucking caveman, just like... Pretty much. <laughs> but, so for any fans that want to try drinking a beer in the ass, uh, take a picture of how you did it and let us know. I mean, either that or we have to on a, on a podcast at some point in time. Um, I feel like our first podcast back, we need to drink like a Pacifico can in the ass. <laughs> Why Pacifico? Can we at least make it a Modelo? Sure, Modelo's fine with me. I prefer Modelo to Pacific. I guess if you're gonna if we're gonna put two tablespoons worth of salt in it, it doesn't matter. <laughs> Modelo, how in the fuck? Don't fucking care. How in the fuck is it Americans that get the worst heart attacks when the Brazilians are including two tablespoons of salt with every beer they drink? <laughs> I was gonna say if you look at the picture, like that's a lot of fucking salt. <laughs> I just when I finally got a handle on what you were talking about, like fuck Jesus, <laughs> you you motherfuckers are gonna die. 
<laughs> and not from alcohol poisoning. I feel I should send you a leaflet on, like, sodium levels, man. Also, insert salty butthole joke here. Also, have you tried a spaghetti yet? I have not. Um, uh, I was... Uh, saddled with the uh, with the kid the entire time you were gone, I uh, I didn't make it uh, far enough downtown to uh, uh, to I did make it to uh, uh, to Barbarian where I've got a great picture of us sitting on the bench there and him raising his little water bottle. That's about as good as I was able to make. Um, but we'll I'll try to make it further. They do serve food there, so you can. It wasn't a matter of it wasn't go a matter down of, there with him. It wasn't and another try big this. It wasn't a matter of being prohibited. It was a matter of not having time, wherewithal, anything else. Okay. How many places have you been? Oh, yeah, you got to go to Denver because you're like, I don't have parental responsibilities. Female, you shall watch the offspring for me as I go to uh, uh, to to hang out with the boys in Denver. And she's like, I'm going to, I'm going to cheat on you uh, drastically while you are gone. <laughs> I had to get permission to go to GABL. My <laughs> boss made me get a permission slip saying it was okay for oh, me to go. Please tell me you actually, he actually made you sign it. Like, honey, you have to sign this for me so I can go to Denver. <laughs> no, she was like, do I, I was like, I have to get, you have to tell them that it's okay for me to go. She's like, do I need to print off like a permission slip from like what I use for my kids like field trips? To, and just sign one for you, and I was like, "If you do, that will be great." And then we forgot to. Oh, so you, so you failed as well. What I'm hearing is that we've we've all failed. We should all be ashamed of ourselves. Yep. All right. Well, this has been it's all beer, uh, the failure episode. Uh, if you'd like to get a hold of us, uh, we put all the episode, uh, uh, all the articles we use to make this on our Twitter feed. Uh, it's all beer one. Uh, photos of what we're drinking. Along probably so, uh, uh, a uh, probably a picture of a uh, of uh, of a, uh, a a butt can is gonna make its way onto our Instagram feed. Uh, uh, it's uh, it's all beer and our Facebook page at it's all beer. Uh, if you'd like to uh, get a hold of us, uh, you can get a, uh, talk to us at uh, it's all beer at gmail.com. And uh, if you like what you're listening to, uh, leave us a review if you if, if you want to. Uh, you can uh, get a hold of you can leave a review on Facebook, uh, or iTunes, or Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. And you know, just um, say how much you've appreciated uh, an episode that included uh, uh, like sales numbers and then butt jokes. In fact, that should be your review. Just like uh, you know, deep uh, uh, deep insight into the uh, in the beer industry, and then um, uh, butt sex jokes. But stove. <laughs> That'll be uh, uh, quite enough from us. I'm Jeremy Jones. I'm Tyler Zimmerman. I'm gonna have a beer. Have fun. <laughs>